Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Marketing Money Podcast. At marketingmoneypodcast.com. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm, mm. He's on his uh, P's and Q's today. Yep. Which stands for pints and quarts. Paradiddles and quotients. I think it was pints and quarts at the bar. They used to say he's on his P's and Q's because you were getting your P's and Q's, but it may be what you said. It's not. Because I can't pronounce those. I was wrong. He's right. Anyway, let's uh, let's go into what we're going to talk about today. Or do we have some some of the uh, the intro intro banter that we usually have to talk about today? Insert intro banter later. Banter, banter, banter. Okay. So so just so you know how this goes, I Who's mean, you the the listener. Mm. Just so the listener knows, I want to set the scene. Nobody nobody knows what the marketing money podcast studio looks like rich mahogany walls large overstuffed leather sofas you should see the craft services yes there are not here none of those things are here (laughs) um we're um the equipment that we're recording on is much more expensive than the location but you know what we love you listener the one of you hey I love you. The listeners say no. The ba- one banter's over. Okay, banter's over. About today? If we haven't lost you yet, this is why I usually intro and take control of the narrative of the call. But today I failed. I failed you. Failed you. Uh, so to re-enter the frame, today we're going to talk about the role of the bank marketer. My role is of a yeasty variety. It's a Sister Schubert yeast role. That That's your favorite role? That. If you haven't had them, I don't know where they are in the... I, I feel the banter coming back all of a sudden. <laughs> in the country. Anyway, the role of marketing. Have R-O-L-E. You, have you ever had a Quincy's yeast roll? Is Quincy's the big a, fat yeast roll. Is, it, is that still a thing? No. They're out of business. There's no way. They're out of business. I bet there's like one in like middle America somewhere. No, that's the person in their family's name is Quincy. No, no I bet there's, <laughs> the Quincy's. There, there, there's a Quincy's franchisee that just... Failed to shut it down. Just kept it going. What's that place up in Misery where the throat rolls or whatever it is? Missouri? Yeah, the Misery. What's up in Misery? That's Lambert's, they... the home of the throat rolls. Yeah, I went there and got hit about five times with rolls, and they played the old birthday trick where they sang happy birthday to me even though it was not my birthday. And They, they pour out. They clowned okra. me. They clowned me hard. Clowned you hard. They did. They clowned So the me. role of the marketer. The role of the marketer, and, and I'm going to – I'm going to point out where this came from. I was uh, perusing my daily clippings of ad of of editorials and ads and articles and and whatever you want to call it this morning. And one of the clips I saw, uh, it was in the American Banker, and it was called "Bank Think Bank Marketing is Bigger Than Just Advertising." Oh, okay, this might pertain to the area in which I practice my craft, my craft. Laddie. You're into your P's and Q's. Laddie. And so I started reading. That's the best non-American accent you've ever done. Mm, I'm, Don't do any more. Yes. 
I'm so out. Quit while you're ahead. So, uh, so I saw this guy. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to leave names out. But anyway, he's a New York University professor, and he writes about students entering his core class view marketing is all about advertising, consumer communication, and some kind of consumer psychology. And he argued that in reality, a marketer's foremost responsibility is managing a profitable brand. There may be some wordplay in this. And, I think we're in into the territory of what we would call a semantic argument. Yes. This is called managing so, so a profitable me. brand involves consumer communication, advertising, and consumer yeah. psychology. Yeah, it's the old geometric thing. Uh, uh, by technical definition, a square is a rectangle. It has two equal and parallel sides, but a rectangle is not necessarily a square. And I would say that a marketer's foremost responsibility is not necessarily managing a profitable brand. I think that's the CEO and the board's responsibility, although the marketer plays a huge, enormous role in that. They don't manage a profitable brand. When I say brand, I'm thinking like the company. You are managing a company. The marketer manages a certain lever in the brand to help make it profitable. Yeah, I mean the brand is brand as we understand it now is is the company. I mean it's it's how it lives, how it treats its employees. If you don't believe that, ask Walmart, um, McDonald's, and other large brands whose brand is tarnished even with how they perform HR. That's everybody's role. So you know there's some specificity to to how you practice that, and I, I would dare say that. This is probably the area that differentiates brand uh, banks the most, and anything that we've ever talked about. Wait, banks different? Oh, from other brands because no, banks no, don't no, differentiate from each no, other. No, no, that's no. what that's our argument is. No, in no that's what I'm saying. I, I'm actually going to to counter that and say that how a how a bank markets itself, not the marketing, not the message, but how it markets itself is what makes one bank different from another. Think about this. $100 million, three-location community bank. Their responsibility as a brand is profitability for employees and, and, and a lot of commute, you know, being there for the community, giving a different option, whereas a larger bank is marketing for profitability for its shareholders. Maybe there's there's a little, but 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 the services they provide are the same generally, so so maybe there's a little difference there. True, and I'm going to go on to read this article again. I'm going to leave names out because I I didn't ask permission to use it, so I'm just going to read the article. If you want to find it, on American Banker. <laughs> uh, that permission, if your name was going to be mentioned in something, you'd probably want yeah. But to we are something. talking about the gas thing, I so guess. you can go find it on American Banker. Okay. So anyway, I haven't read it yet. By so, the way, full well, disclosure, that's, that's I'm going to react to it. So, and that's that's a good thing. I, I want I, I want the reaction. Uh, it says. I try to get students to think of themselves not only as marketers, but as entrepreneurs. Totally agree with that. As people who are managing a business, for sure there is going to be an aspect of communication, the aspect of understanding the psychology of customers, the aspect of advertising, all those things. But besides that, there are much more businessy aspects of your job. I think that's what he says. Businessy aspects of your job. Uh, This is the professor that he's quoting. Mm -hmm. He says, um, the misconception highlights... Uh, is is also pervasive at banks. 
All we need to do is look at the hot topics on the American Bankers Association Marketing Bulletin Board website. Hey, we're on the American yeah. Bankers Association yeah. National Marketing Board. Uh, yeah, board. yeah. So he's saying all you need to do is look at the ABA's Marketing Board website to see the industry undervaluing the skill set of the profession. Uh, and then he goes on to say... What's on the board? Here's, yeah, the Bulletin Board topics list like this. Americans with Disabilities Act Compliance, Crisis Communication, Customer Appreciation Events, and Promotions... And then he goes on to say, all forms of communicating with customers. In reality, these functions barely qualify as marketing and don't come close to the core function of marketing. Produce bottom line results. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Again, full disclosure, haven't read this. Is this, uh, did a banker write this? Yes. Or not a professor, or is he both? No, no, he's a, he's a, a banker. Okay. So. He's an S- SVP for banking at a bank. Show of hands. How many people have gotten their ADA letter yet? Okay. We have 100% <laughs> in the room. In the room. So if you don't know what we're talking about, and if you do, then you can weep and cry oh, along they, with they us. They know. They know. So Americans with Disabilities Act has been more, uh, more defined to include websites and how those websites um, interact and what the expectation of a website, um, how it performs with, a, with, a, with an American with disabilities, things that used to be device based. The hearing impaired person was accessing a website. That person would have a device to help translate the technology, and now that technology is is coming back um, on the website itself. And there are some law firms out there who are issuing compliance notices, com- complaints, yeah, notices, notices, something like notices. that, that seem a little more um, impactful than they may be because the act, the modified act, hasn't gone into action yet and of course you know lawyer sends you a letter you feel threatened so knowing that knowing this yeah i mean i wish is is what i would say to that like i wish my day weren't caught up look so you understand the role of the marketer and i say this a lot but i don't think i've ever said on this podcast people think what i do is fun i get more applications at my place of business by people who think we sit around um, on bean bags darts at dartboard shuffleboard um, popping popcorn on a half-court basketball gym, and we, like, do a little bit of work. <laughs> Probably the, the, the factor that, that our employees are the least prepared for is how hard we actually work. Now, you would think I would say that, but what we're working at, probably 90% of the time, and this is what I say over and over, 90% of the time, I'm dealing with legal, I'm dealing with compliance, I'm dealing with regulatory issues, which obviously fall into compliance. I'm not, and I'm talking about I market for entities outside of banks. Ten percent of what we do is the fun. Josh marketing knows the story. We met with some uh, bank clients that were architects that we were going to use in a, a banking spot. This was probably oh, four, five, six years ago now, and I'll never forget what the guy said because he was showing us some of his blueprints and his plans. And he said, "I went to college to make, or I went to post college school." Uh, to be an architect and to make beautiful buildings. And he said, I spend 90% of my time dealing with laws, regulations, engineering, engineering. and jinx. And um, anyway, uh, so he, he basically said 10% of my time is spent doing what I thought I was going to do, which is building these beautiful buildings. And I would echo his statement in marketing. I wanted to make beautiful ads, beautiful communication, great campaigns. And yet all the cool, creative and great messaging and attention getting that that's, to his point, it's probably 10%, 15% of what I do. Most of my stuff is compliance, regulatory, chasing down, putting out a fire, 
uh, getting us lined up for some mailing that you have to do to let someone know something's changing, mm-hmm. uh, M&A stuff that's you're changing out signs. It's There's a lot of blocking and tackling, to use the worn-out phrase. Just There's a lot of just stuff that you have to do that gets away from yeah, I don't want to deal with AB, um, ADA. Yeah, I didn't wake up in the morning and go, I mean, hey, I need well, to go no, in and re-engineer our website well, well, for ADA, say, even though it's a good thing. It, I don't argue against it. It's a good well, thing. Yet. Let's say yet, because it's on the plan. I mean, we were <laughs> – what's funny is when we got this notice, we were in the planning meet, or, or we had had the planning meeting like eight days, eight business days earlier of how we would tackle it 18 months like, later. Oh, thanks for letting us know we were doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, very frustrating there. So it was already in the plan, but it wasn't in a plan. That, that's getting in the workflow in 18 months. But I would say, I would challenge or posit, if you're not doing those things, then your marketing campaign is is on um, crumbly ground. Now, would I agree with anybody that said, you know, marketing is an unsung hero or whatever, that it is it undervalued? Well, sure, it always is. It's just like any investment. This article is the premise for our podcast because I think it's a good one. I, I do think it is a good article. It raises some very good points. John found this article because he knew I would react to it strongly. It, well, it's good. And so after it talks about the trade association and, and, it, and what they've posted, barely qualifies marketing and don't come close to the core function of producing bottom lines, and it says, but for too many bank marketers, these kinds of topics. Oh, hold on, I got to throw in, okay, just because we're going to skip over bottom lines. But it also reduces cost. And that impacts the bottom line. Yeah, so, okay, let's stay on ADA because that's kind of a, an issue that you can't really have an opinion on. It, it will be ruled. No, there's no opinion. You yeah. do it. And it needs to be done. Websites need to be accessible. So let's say you ignore that letter and go about making your writing copy and designing, which is obviously part of it too, and you get your bank sued, you're probably not going to have a job because mm-hmm. you were negligible at that time. So anyway. Mm. Well, then you'll move to the next one, which was crisis communication. Yeah, yeah. And then if that doesn't happen, you can have a customer appreciation event and a promotion. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we can talk about crisis communication all day long because it's the, the my favorite, least favorite part of, of and my PR, argument to him, which is of, a PR thing. Crisis it, communications is absolutely it, a PR. It role. is. And, but to my point of him picking on these, well, first of all, it's a bulletin board. These are what people are asking about, and I know he gets to that. And he says, yeah. but. But, but I, it just, it's the state of the affairs. It's the of, state of what people need help with right now. AD, and, and then that communicates that marketing's undervalued. I, or it communicates that people are doing marketing and the stuff outside of marketing is what they need help with. It's what they have with. a question about. Yes. Ooh, look at you, Mr. Reductive mm, Reasoning. Mm, oh, Sucky, sucky now. Anyway, but back to what I'm talking about. He says, but for too many big marketers. I hope. I, I will, if you find me at an event personally, you find me, Josh Mabus, and you make that John's comment that I'm not going to repeat your ringtone, and you can prove to me that it is your ringtone, like somebody has to call you randomly, I will give you uh, um, something. I don't know. I don't know what, I, what, what sweepstakes rules are. Um, so I'm just going to say that I, I will give you a non cash value. Um, prize. Mm, mm, let's let's bring this back into more important anyway, discussions. But for too many bank marketers, these kind of topics are how they regard their to-do list. You know why? Because you don't want to get sued, bro. <laughs> don't tase me, bro. Anyway, 
So let's get let's keep going because I, I actually do like the article, even though I'm hazing lines of it. A focus on the superficial aspects of the job may be attributed to several factors, which I think you were alluding to earlier about the qualification folks. It says, for one, marketers are often inadequately prepared. Dude. For what? Perhaps they lack a, I guess so- we- a solid marketing education or received only on-the-job training. I'm reading the article. I'm going to let him tuck me in to his blanket statement. <laughs> well, let let me do a little... By the way, that's I'm proud of let that. Let me do a little bit of the old brown nurturing over here and tell you that if you don't think you're prepared, ABA has a school for that. It's the ABA Bank Marketing School. And they also have this billboard where you or, or whatever, bulletin board where you can go ask And they questions. also have a conference once a year. And guess who's going to be there? We are. No. A lot of, well, yes, but then also a lot of other bankers. We will be there. We will be there. But to the point of all this, there are lots of opportunities to educate oneself should you feel you are inadequately prepared. And for those that might not be marketers, but if the random executive happens to hear this, teach your people, man. Train them up. I mean, banking. um, I've been to the school. I I went to the, when it was a two-year school, I went to the school uh, and it was great. I went back in like 2006 and it was, if that long ago if you can believe it but yes i did back in 2006 back in 2006 before the crash oh yeah it but was, anyway i'm as a guy who's training a fellow who's training a bank marketer right now i mean they're oh i want to say something about 2006 or 7 when i was in the banking school i remember because everyone has to keep doing their work while they're in school one of my friends and fellow bank marketers was working on an ad and it had a 10% cd rate on it 10%. I remember he had on there, it was like a three-month teaser rate to get people on the bank. It was 10%. And I remember looking at that going, that is insane. Yeah. And that was in time when money was like flying out the door because you just you wanted to lend and get it out and get people in and whatever. It was 10% for three months. Yeah, I just want to know where those deposits were coming from. It was a big – you had to give a big deposit for it too. Yeah. But, I mean, anyway, I digress. So to the point is there are plenty of chances to get yourself prepared. But he says perhaps lack of solid marketing education, they lack a, a – Yeah, but that's where I was going. I don't know, bank marketing is not intuitive. The compliance regulatory side, I mean, it, it's, it's rule of law that you don't – It's very different. You can't go work at Procter & Gamble or – Retail, you can be a great marketer. Or Ralph Lauren and be a great retail marketer, or you're a great Coke marketer or whatever, and you walk into a bank, you are under very different rules and laws. I would say it's – I would compare it almost to marketing, which part of may get into this, but almost marketing a medical something because you got FDA, you've got rules that if you break them – Stark law. There are very, very severe consequences. Yes. Very severe. To that point, let's keep going. He, and he says – a public relations or communications background won't provide the requisite tools, for instance. Well. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that statement. I agree. I agree with that statement. And then here's another part. It says, but much of the responsibility for superficial marketing can be traced to senior executives who have low expectations for the position. Many CEOs are willing to accept low levels of production. Bank executives may have a concept of marketing rooted in the less competitive 80s or 90s when marketers were little more than PR practitioners, salaries were low, and expectations were even lower. Well, I mean, that may be true, or it just may be, you know, that people don't value marketing in general, you know. I do see, and and not that you can do anything about this if I'm speaking to you, but I do see, like, positions that are, I'm the IT director. And, and the, the HR director and, and compliance and marketing. Which is just a... a a, a bad conundrum of conundrum. A, a bad um, conflict of interest, but 
you know, it's, I see that. I see it. You're probably not going to, I've tried to change people's minds on that directly and it, it generally doesn't happen. But maybe, maybe, it just seems to be very general. I mean, no, an education can't prepare you. I, I would say that banking, bank marketing is an area that would be really hard to just go out and recruit a marketing, a, a, a director of marketing. Like, let's say you picked out somebody that had, you got to steal them from another bank. Well, yeah, but let's say you had somebody with incredible parody product um, advertising. Let's say Coke and Pepsi. You know, um, that's like the Schindler guy we read. He. Burger King would steal from McDonald's. Yeah, they didn't but, have to train them. They but, walk but, in and do their thing. But let's say let's go find somebody the best marketer at marketing products here, just alike. And so look at Steve Jobs, who hired what's his name from Pepsi. Can't even think of his name now. Should have researched. Anyway, <laughs> we, we're not naming this guy who wrote this. We won't, whatever his name is, y'all know. I'm at least teaches you that I'm not some Steve Jobs um, butt kisser. But anyway, hired the CEO of Pepsi. Because he had this great retail experience. But you brought in somebody that can sell parity, like sugar, brown sugar water. You can sell Coke versus Pepsi, Pepsi versus Coke. That person is going to be miserable with all of the constraints of bank marketing. Oh, yeah. And so there's this weird push-pull in it. John and I love it so much that we make a podcast about it. Why did uh, Coke or Pepsi never buy Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones as a song for I their... think they are trying to. That One of them did. Remember the... Did they? They probably did. It, no, it's maybe Jumpin' Jack Flash. They had um, uh, Mick Jagger going but, down the... But brown, sugar, brown Sugar would have been pretty good. I think they're trying to separate themselves and not remind people that, that it's... That Brown Sugar? Yeah, I think they're trying to. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's whatever... Corn, high fructose corn syrup. Anyway, whatever. But high but the point is corn syrup. <laughs> it tastes so good. <laughs> the the point though is to to this author's point or to to whatever is you know our our secondary podcast is watching paint dry. <laughs> you know the what, why do we do a bank marketing podcast? It's 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 difficult to talk about. And we keep finding content. It, it's hard. So I mean, it, it's hard to find somebody who's going to put up with the constraints, yet be a great practitioner of marketing, and then having the people who hire the person, the executive management saying, "I'm going to accept this person who has no experience." Again, the person I'm training, I specifically went after someone who had no bank marketing experience because. The bank I'm training them for needed needed fresh eyes. Yeah, uh, I agree. There's, everything's situational, so I, I totally get that. Just thinking through this, so I'm, I'm going to continue with the article. It says, however, banks have too much to lose to settle on anything less than top-notch market. I agree. So I think he brings it back. Conversation is now brought back to executives that have undervalued marketing in the past, and so now they need top-notch market. So I get he he's plugging for the for the skill set. Competition is unprecedented and likely to get even more intense. And to your point about marketing, you know, you hear the cliche, well, you got to think outside the box. When marketing, you have to think creatively inside the box because you have a lot of parameters on you. So I actually think sometimes it's almost harder to be skillful with the parameters than it is to just go make a campaign for, say, Coke or Pepsi, as you mentioned, something that's just abstract as far as the rules. I mean, there's not a lot of rule around it. So. Uh, but anyway, let, let's finish up with our discussion on the article. 
So instead of the negligible results ascribed to Facebook postings and logo revisions, bank marketers should spend their time on more productive endeavors such as analyzing product profitability, creating new products or delivery channels, or assessing customer potential. Marketers should also research attitudes and behaviors, pinpoint friction points along the, consumer, the customer journey, and unearth trends by digging through internal data. Well, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I let, can't let, wait to get into this. Let me go ahead and tell you. That executive management person that has the, quote, low expectations, you do that all day long, and they're going to increase their expectations of you because those are factors. To me, I guess at the point of my career, and I've got plenty of gray hair if you've ever seen me. I'm still young, though. Those are kind of inherent. Like, and, and maybe that's what he's saying is like, you should be doing those anyway. He says, in short, their analytical skills and knowledge of consumer behavior should add value to the bank's strategic plan. Data-driven marketers can give chief executives the insights and information needed to make smart, careful, considerate decisions. Except, considerate for, the, decisions. except for the executive manager is not going to listen according to his paradigm because... They're undervalued. <laughs> skills that are needed to forge a path through the landmines ahead. That's how he ends his... his well, I mean, good. hey, hey, good, good column. Yeah, no, this is a, a good column sparks it is either like something that's so good that you're like, this is great, or it sparks a conversation. Yeah. This is a good column. But so I want to go back to this, though. But in realistic practice. In realistic practice, and this is what I, I told him. I said, okay, marketing, branding comes to me in the bank. I'm doing whatever. And he says, I need to be, oh, analyzing product profitability. I need to be, if we're talking about the person creating new products. Director de- revenue. Delivery channels. Assessing products. customer potential. Uh, Retail coordinator. And instead of doing negligible thing, things like ascribing Facebook's results of Facebook postings and logo revisions, well, yes, we should do all that. But, I mean, here, that's but just, here's, the, here's what it comes down to, and especially I'm speaking to the small community banks that may listen to this. Where's that staffer? Where's the time and the staff to yeah, do where, all this? Where's the, this where's is, the logo This resizer? to me is, is what I would label a pipe dream because – I believe I have these skills. I believe we have these skills together. But I was I was joking with Josh as as we were discussing this before we got on the mic here. I said, let me just go through and just kind of eyeball some emails that I've gotten while I've been sitting here. Renaissance digital billboards. So some so I'm now working on a, some billboards and layout for some billboards. Okay, well that that mixes in this, but billboards. The next one are is a press release about a new market we're looking into. Then after that, I have another set of billboards, and I'm not even a billboard fan. It just happens there's two in a row. Then there's a there, oh, there's an athlete that we're looking at sponsoring one of his camps, a football professional football player looking at sponsoring his camp. So they're asking me about Manning? that. Can I go? It's not Peyton Manning. Then I've got one that says, "Oh, I need a new headshot." So some someone's got a, a banker. Someone's got a banker's got a book some time to go in, and and yes, I push that down to an assistant. But the point is, but not everybody has an assistant. But not everybody has that. Then I get a customer survey. Someone wants to do a survey. They're asking me about questions for a survey. I have a a client who is doing a uh, some sample. Uh, embroidery and logoing for us. So they're asking me if this can be approved. I've got a template for another email campaign that our bank's doing internally. So they're looking at that. Have someone else with an event, a public event. I mean, I'm literally reading 318, 306, 304. Uh, here's a subscriber to our PR list of the, um, the the mentions we got in the press today. So here's this. Then there's uh, someone enterprise email systems. They're asking me to log in on how my email system works. Here's a golf tournament someone wants us to sign up for to play in. Next is a video for approval to look at that somebody that y'all did. 
Then after that, I've got a uh, Twitter Facebook post, approval of Twitter Facebook post. Here's LinkedIn. Look at the LinkedIn profile we're putting up. Uh, here is Comcast Ad Media Buy, looking at the cable buy. Here's a poster for some of our branches. Please approve this poster layout and send through compliance. Here's new geofencing ideas from a certain market. I mean, I read that fast, and those are my emails within the past hour. And then I was scrolling back. So my point is, is did I get to think about strategy in any of that? That was everything's a tactic every day. Yeah, but here's the deal: if you entered that conversation, if you open that email, and if you're listening to this, I'm sure every person from a bank that's about fifteen trillion and down, or excuse me, fifteen billion and that, down. That's all of them. It's in their nodding their head, going yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, that's what your list looks like. But if you're not approaching that with strategy already, with that well, strategy's with, done. With, with we who, sit down and do that. We have our big strategy session. Then we yeah. then we go tactic, tactic, tactic. Then we back up, test, 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 tactic, yeah, look, tactic. Banking does not change, like you know, a lot of trend based. Stuff. This isn't fashion that we're looking at West Coast, East Coast, that's Milan. Rap. That's that's East Coast. That's the rap battle. Yes. Yeah. And but it's also fashion, and we're not looking at what's coming in the next season and blah blah blah. We're we're not. This is banking. And you know, I would say that yes, if if some, I look at bank marketing. Obviously, we talk about mundane things at times, and 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 things that maybe some of our listeners say. A little too 101 for me, and maybe you skip to another thing. But let, let's just say it this way. Let, let's let's go practical, tactical. Go grab your trusted people who you can collaborate with, whom you can collaborate. Hopefully, an agency's involved, maybe, maybe some executive management, whatever, and go have your retreat and set your strategy if you haven't set one. Have everybody agree on it, get their fingerprints on it. By everybody, I mean executive management. And stick to the strategy. And stick to it. Don't be sitting here going, well, Bank of America is doing this. and some, some. Yep. Like one, one thing our bank does not do is a lot of the banks we compete with in major markets are running these, and we've talked about them before on campaigns, $400 to come open an account. And then you have to put 10000 in on Thursday and 5000 more in on Friday and keep it in there for three months. And at the end of the deal, they give you $400. And who knows about the service, and they probably get it back in fees they charge you on the accounts. Our bank doesn't do that. And I have bankers in our bank that ask me about it all the time and we'll see it and think it'll be a cool thing to go out and run a you know, six-week or three-week campaign with a high payout. And I go, that's not our strategy. That's not who we are. That's and, the other bank. And I'll say this. That's not a bad or a good thing. That's just who we are. Different strategy, and we're going to stick to it. So so do that. Banking's not going to change a whole lot under you unless the rate environment changes, but it changes for everybody at the same time. So those those C's shift. But as John's saying, stick to it. And, you know, he alluded to the fact that we do have a retreat. A lot of that is on media and media allocation every year. We don't change our marketing strategy every year. We update it. We ask questions. We're poking holes in it throughout the year, but we're we're not stopping the work to go poke holes in it because we've got too much legal and compliance and all this other stuff to do that. We're poking holes in it as we are are making these decisions. You know, is this the right strategy? Is this the right medium and the right tactic for the strategies. And we've had a podcast on strategy. We've focused this call on the role of the market and role of the bank. I think I've touched on some of the pain points we have is that you're too busy, especially at a smaller bank. So when this says, or when we get to on a tactical way, what is the role of the marketer? It depends on your bank. 
depends on your executive and it depends on your strategy. Some may undervalue it and say, I just want you to make name tags, order T-shirts, set up booths at conventions or trade shows, uh, go around, shake hands, teach the children to save, which is another ABA program is a good thing, teach the children to save and go about keeping the bank brand positive in the community. And that may be it. You may work for a larger bank where they want you to sit down at your ALCO committee and go through rates and what works in what market and look at what competition is doing and come back with a strategy of how do we combat that? How do we protect our brand? How do we grow it? Uh, you may work for a bank that's real aggressive in M&A, and their job is to look at the other bank brands and see if they would match yours and if the two sides would jihaw well together. So there's so many different things, but I would say this. The, he, he's right in here. His article is correct. On I think it's it jumps back and forth a lot on what's valuable and what's not and what you should do and right. you know you know downplaying Facebook postings. Now I mean Facebook postings actually in today's world are important to me. That's the same as something being written about you in the newspaper. It's just the senior statesmen of bankers read the newspaper every day and if something's in there bad they jump on it. But your younger demo will see something on Facebook and older too now that you know that the grandparents are the growing Facebook demo. Plus. But they see it. It's it's look. It's just digital. It's the same thing. It's just digital. So the the role of the bank marketer is, in my opinion, is three things. And I'll tell you this right now because this I think this sums up our call, our, our podcast. Three things. One is awareness. Build freaking awareness for your brand. That's it. Build awareness. If they don't know who you are, how are they going to bank with you? Mm-hmm. Two, convert. Convert the aware to a customer. Convert the way to customer. Well, and differentiation is what I always say. Is you have to why, – why would I bank with you versus someone else? Yeah. Are you closer to my house? Did, do you have a cuter but I think, CSR I think or Differentiation whatever? is part of awareness. Yeah, it is. So I'd say, I'd say it's ACR. Awareness, convert, relationship. Once they're converted, build them into a relationship. That's it. It's ACR. It's awareness, convert, relationship. Can we not just say car? Well, you could, but then you'd have to convert before they were aware. And if you could do that, you, you would be the most awesome. That's what I want. Yeah. So, so I'm a CEO. You, yeah. I, I want you to. I want you to to convert before they're aware. Yeah. And then they because once they become aware, they're not going to like your bank. Yeah. So, so <laughs> what I want you to hear in this, and and I want to throw something in that John probably wouldn't wouldn't say by himself or wouldn't plan to have said is this. There's no discussion about tactics versus strategy, which is kind of what I think may be wrong about this. Um, the column is there's like this. You should be strategic, not tactical. Well, that that will not. Tactics will eat you alive. That's your whole day. Yeah, is, is you do your tactics. It, you, you can't get those out of balance. So, so part of your role is is balancing those and making sure they're on on, on point. Um, my dad, my daddy, told me when I was a kid. He said, "When you work for somebody else, and somebody tells you to jump, what do you do?" And I, because I'd heard, "Oh, how high?" And he said, "No." You start jumping. When your boss tells you to jump, he doesn't want any questions. He wants you to listen. <laughs> Which, wrong thinking. I mean, we're talking about um, baby boomer, latest generation kind of guy. But your point. Did you in, say latest or greatest? Latest, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I like that. Late, the latest generation. Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, all greatest generation guys and gals. But. It, what you talked about earlier was what, what's expected of you. If, if your person wants you to do name tags and all that. So there's part about being about staying employed. You need to stay employed to affect the change within your bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have a, a grand opening and people show up without name tags and your boss walks over and goes, where are all the name tags? Well, I was working on our, strat- our ad strategy all day long and yeah. figuring out how to look at the analytics of who was coming to the opening. But just like there's not a differentiation or, or, or there's not a mutual exclusivity between strategy and tactics, there are, there's a balance. 
there's a balance between maintaining the machine, doing what's expected of you, and then growing it. And that's something John's done a great job of is, is growing the importance of marketing within the bank um, where he's employed and, and bringing that out to the forefront and it being a thing. Being um, so, so you can do that. You can grow the importance of, of marketing within your bank. But you're no one's going to listen to you until if, you do. If they showed up yeah. to to a grand opening and nobody has name tags, yeah. Um, so because they'll stumble over the little things before they can get on the path of of how great you thou art. Yeah, so. it's it's you know it's tough. I mean, because we're we're in the same position as this guy. You're hearing thirty minute, twenty minute snippets of a world of marketing, and you need much greater context. So it's unfair to judge by just one one view in. So. I'm not. I mean, I would say a great, a great article in the fact that it that it, it generates some conversation about what it is. Well, and overall, he's right. Overall, he's right. But how do you get the credibility yeah. if the if, if the executives undervalued, are undervalued? How do, you, yeah. how do you get the credibility? And you do that. I know, what are you saying by being able to deliver these things? But to be able to deliver these things, you have to have the CRM to do it. You have to have the tech staff. You have to have the PR staff. You have to have the tactical staff. You have to have the content staff. You have to have somebody somewhere helping you do that, so you can get to it. And let's face it, that is a pipe dream article, although a good one. It's a dreamy. It's a dreamy article because unless you're at a trillion dollar bank, I just don't know that anyone out there has the the person power to do that. So that's my take on it. But again, uh, I will end it with saying for your tactical people at home, my my opinion of the role of the bank marketer is to create awareness, convert the believers or the aware, and then build relationships with them. And I think if you do that, the profitability will take care of itself. Hope so. Should, as long as everybody inside is being compliant and doing what's right. Yep. Anyway, that's the role of the bank marketer for this episode of the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. See ya. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.